Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Okay, Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, my love? Oh, I'm also doing really, really well, actually. Oh! I feel like this is a turn of events because not too long ago, I feel like we were on here kind of <laughs> both feeling a little a little um, lost and or in a bit of a slump or a funk. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're both feeling good right now. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excited because I feel like I have a lot of things happening in, in the next few weeks and even like month, I guess. Just got back from a fabulous trip to New York and then I'm going to Europe in a couple weeks. Yeah, she is. She's a world traveler. With the gals. So yeah, I'm just excited to get out, get, take some time off work, do my thing. Yeah, I'm feeling like I'm in a good headspace lately. Yeah, I think you are too. You're, yeah, you have like a hopeful, positive outlook on life. Mm-hmm. I would also just like to let the listeners know that Persis did not invite me on this European adventure. So I just want that information to be known. Yeah, but to be fair, you and I are probably going on an adventure together next year. Yeah, but why not have two adventures? Why just keep it to one? Like, I'm not really sure why... Well, you are more than welcome to come join on this European adventure. So you're giving me the the pity invite like two weeks before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, I'll come. Sure, okay. Can we, there. can we share a bed? Yeah, of course. Is that why you want to come? Yeah, obviously. She wants to keep a close eye on me as I like, you know, live my European life. Oh, yeah. Any listeners in Europe? Oh, yeah. Hit me up. It's like an entire continent. And we're like, if you're in Europe, Persis may see you. Yeah. Should I do a meet and greet? Oh, my God. Maybe oh. I can do a meet and greet at the Trevi Fountain. Yeah. Persis is going to be in Rome. You can do the whole Lizzie McGuire thing. That would be so funny if I like hold up a sign that says girl on girl meet and greet <laughs> and see who shows up. Can you please do it like just for the Instagram? <laughs> please. It can be like free kisses from girl on girl or something, like a kissing booth. Girl, COVID times, do you think I'm going to be having a kissing booth at the Trevi Fountain? Oh, it would be one of those things that would be kind of funny if like I got one of my friends in on the trip to like pretend to like take photos of me. Because you know when people like they have that mob mentality. So it's like you could pretend it's like a meet and greet and then everyone would be like, who's this? And Like take a photo. Yeah. It's really just me. No, this is guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm excited for that. 
Um, and I'm also excited because we have a little update to this season of the podcast. We do. Season three, baby. Do you want to tell everyone what the update is? Of course. Um, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like I've been chatting a lot. Maybe you can tell people what the update is. (laughs) Really? I love listening to your voice, but I'll tell people. Um, In case you guys didn't see it on our stories last week, we are changing things up just a little bit this season. And instead of doing episodes every single week, we are doing them bi-weekly Still on Mondays, but um, we're just giving ourselves a little bit of breathing room, y'all, to focus on creating the best content we can create. Um, because sometimes, you know, publishing every week is can be a little bit strenuous and sometimes timelines get really squished and we feel like we're not publishing, you know, our best stuff or we're not publishing like stuff we know you guys really want to hear, um, which is the most important thing to us. So with a little bit of extra space in between each episode, we can like just really hone in on what you guys want, um, share your mailbags. We can answer your questions. We can um, source guests, like really cool, exciting guests, which we've had so many on the podcast so far, and we're so grateful forever. And we just want to keep having more and bringing new conversations um, that we haven't had before. So yeah, we hope you're not mad. And we hope that you're instead excited about what this change could uh, could bring. Yeah. And Sarah and I had a really good conversation too, just about like really wanting to release quality content over like quantity. Cause I think, I mean, for me, I was like, consistency is so key. Like I want to make sure you guys do have an episode to listen to every week. And I'm proud that we've mostly been able to deliver that for like a majority of the year we've had this little baby pod, but realistically, I think, um, the more episodes we put out, I'm realizing like, Hey, we really want to make sure the topics we do deliver are ones that are actually going to be very beneficial. And we're not just like, you know, coming up with something because we want to get an episode out because we want to be mindful of the podcast too. And like the, um, what's the word professionalism, I guess, like we both take this very seriously and I want to make sure we're, you know, like delivering good content. No, I'm only laughing because a listener might be laughing too right now, being like, y'all are anything but professional. But the truth is we really do take this seriously. And it's such, we've talked about this a million times, this pod is such a passion project for us, no matter how many people are listening. And we know that our dedicated listeners are like really getting something out of um, these conversations we're having. And so we made this decision so that we could make the conversations even better. Exactly. So I'm feeling good about it. I hope you guys are too. I know Sarah is. And so, yeah, expect to hear from us bi-weekly and maybe we'll throw in a surprise here and there because we have a little bit more time. You never know. I was going to say, there might be a few little surprises in between um, weeks. You never know what's going to happen here at Girl on Girl. We keep it interesting. We keep it interesting and we keep it spicy. Spicy, real spicy. Um, That's really fun. That voice is really fun. (laughs) Isn't it fun? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why it's really fun um but like we always say and um especially now because we're giving ourselves more time in between each episode if anyone out there listening in the void has something they want us to talk about if they have a story that they want us to share on the pod if they have questions 
Um, like we can do Persis Q and A's and Sarah, you know, if anyone has questions for me, you know, we're open to anything. If you have guests that you really want to hear from, you never know who could land on this pod. Fifi Dobson was here once upon a time. Angel Joy Flores stopped in. Mm-hmm. You you really don't know what's going to happen. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. Was that an angel? Yes, it was. That just landed. Yeah, in my headphone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we're special. <laughs> I love it. Uh, me too. Okay, Persis. There's one more little housekeeping thing that we have to do before we we move on to um, the topic for this week. Do you wanna Do you wanna take it from here? Yes, this is a very, very important update, girl on girl pod listeners. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It. Okay, so for those of you who have been following, I guess, like over this year, the OG listeners know that I have a sister named Marsh Neal. I call her Marsh. She is a joy, an absolute icon. You know, icon. She's mm-hmm. a queen. Yes. And I just wanted to give her a shout out for her Instagram account underscore at home with Marsh. It's um, all about interior design and her journey with her home renovation and how she has like transformed it into this like English style, like grand millennial is what she likes to call it aesthetic. Um, It's really cute. And you should follow along on her little interior decorating journey. If you guys are interested I know um, I come to Marsh with like all of my interior design ideas. And I mean, I just rent an apartment right now. So I'm not going like wild with, you know, doing things like I know I'm going to be out of here at some point. But I know when it comes time to me actually like really living in a space and making it my own, Marsh will be the person I go to. So if you guys want to give her a follow and even like DM her, maybe say, hey, I know she'd be really excited. Yeah, Marsh is so stylish. I want her to design my entire life and her home is so beautiful. So you got to go follow it, guys. Pause the podcast right now. Go follow underscore at home with Marsh and then come back. Yes. And then come back to listen to Sarah and I talk all about. Drum roll, please. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I feel like every time we do a drum roll, you surprise me with what the drums are doing. That's exactly what it did. Today we're talking about friends with benefits. FWB, if you will. Um, And first of all, is it possible? Second of all, why does it seem like such a prominent thing in the queer community? Um, And third, what are people in the real world feeling about friends with benefits? Queer people, straight people. We actually did a little bit of... uh, Market research, if you will. Yeah, we're being very uh, professional. Like I mentioned, girl on girl is very professional. We like to keep it real over here. We're not just going to come at you with like no facts from real people. Yeah, no, we wanted to see what the people are saying because we are we are women of the people. Yes, we are. Absolutely. And I mean, hey, Sarah and I will also talk about our opinions about friends with benefits. Like, do we actually think it's possible? Like. The movie itself, Friends with Benefits, Hello, kind of showed it was not possible. Mila and Justin fell in love, y'all. I love that movie so much. 
Me too. I just think it is so charming. And I think both of those, both of them, Mila and Justin are so good. If you haven't seen Friends with Benefits, go watch it. It's so stupid and so good. It's so cute too. It's just funny. It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh out loud, actually. Oh, LOL. LOL. So, Purse, let's talk about the pros and cons of Friends with Benefits, okay? Mm-hmm. What are the pros? What What are we getting out of this situation? Well, I think the very obvious pros to me are that, you know, sex can be fun and it can be casual. I think it's a great way to explore with someone, someone that you feel comfortable with, without the pressure of it needing to be a monogamous relationship if that's not really what you're into. Because I think like society also, you know, kind of puts a lot of pressure on monogamous relationships and has kind of made it the norm in quotation marks. So sometimes having like a friends with benefits or like, I don't know, someone you can like have those like intimate moments with can be really enjoyable. It's also a guaranteed fuck buddy. Like, so sometimes having someone around when you're feeling like, you know, I would love to... If, yeah, you're feeling twirly and you just kind of have someone that you're like, I know I can call them up and they'll be there and we can have sex and that's it. That can also be nice. So I think those are the pros. Yeah, I think friends with benefits is a really sex positive way of looking at relationships. And I also think that you can, and we'll get into this, but I think you can build a really respectful, solid, uh, loving relationship within a friends with benefits structure. Like I think that's that's totally possible and we'll we'll dive into how that's my stance, um, but how that has like wavered over the years. Um, but I think just because it's friends with I feel like friends with benefits almost has this stigma of being like having no zero emotion tied to it at all. And I actually think I don't I don't think it needs to be that way. I think there can actually be a lot of love because it's friends, right? And you love your friends. So there can be a lot of like love and respect and care for the other person, but that doesn't have to mean that we're getting married tomorrow. Yeah. Or it doesn't have to mean that I'm exclusive to you. And now we're in this relationship together. It's like, I love that you brought that up because I had a discussion with a friend today who actually told me that she remembers mentioning to me that her view of like casual or friends with benefits means that you don't talk to each other about feelings or emotions. Cause I think like from a societal perspective, that's when they think shit gets complicated when emotions are involved. But I disagree because I think discussing emotions doesn't have to mean I'm, I'm saying, Hey, Sarah, I want to date you because I'm discussing my feelings with you. It just means like, I respect you. I care about you. I like you as a person. Let's talk. And if you know what, if I do want to date you, then I'll say that to you. But me explaining my emotions does not have to mean I'm like, Sarah, girl, we are I mean, exclusive I wish we were, together. But, um, no. Yeah. Like, I actually think that's a very heteronormative way of looking at things. Like this idea that as soon as you talk about your feelings, like as soon as you show any vulnerability, that means like that this relationship must mean more than it is. And I actually think it's like a very patriarchal way of looking at things too. It's like the classic, the classic stigma that men can't be vulnerable. And, you know, a lot of hetero societies like dictated by men and 
Um, like it's, you know, I could go down this rabbit hole forever, but I, we're going to talk about this in today's episode, like this idea of vulnerability and like how it factors into a friends with benefits situation, because although there are a lot of pros to friends with benefits, I think one of the main cons is that communication has to be so solid. You have to be on the same page in every way. And you have to be so transparent about where you're at and what you're feeling or things can get complicated um, and, you know, people can get hurt. And I think that's what scares people a little bit about friends with benefits, but that's where the vulnerability comes in. If you are going to communicate strongly with your, with your friend, you have to be a little bit vulnerable and you have to be ready to like say what you're thinking and feeling. Um, and so in a way it's also a pro because you're practicing your communication skills but it can also be it, it can also be a challenge. It scares a lot of people, I think. Or maybe it feels like a lot of work, like oh, so much, all this communication. It can feel like like a lot of work and can also feel like a relationship. But I think for me, I think what could get complicated and, and a con is that I find if you're really in, if you're calling someone like they're your friends with benefits to me, there's already that level of care there. So you're not just viewing someone as like a hookup that's purely just sex that has no emotions. And I'm not saying like, this is kind of maybe just coming from my perspective. I should definitely like reiterate, but I could only imagine like if I'm seeing this person time and time again, and it's becoming consistent. Wow. I would be shocked if I didn't catch feelings and I'm being like intimate with them. So it depends on the person and it depends on the scenario, but I would view that, like you mentioned, Sarah, like it is a con because there is that potential to catch feelings or get hurt. Because when you care about someone and then you add sex into the mix, like, oh my God. Okay, well, let's dive into that because we want to talk about the queer perspective of Friends with Benefits and then the straight perspective. And we want to start with you, Purse, because you gay and you also have a lot, you're an emotional person, you're a lover, you're like, you wear your heart on your sleeve and you do catch feels quite easily. Uh, well, not, not easily, but when you, when you have feels, you know, it's, you got hard eyes. You can't just like kind of brush it under the rug. So how do you feel about friends with benefits as a queer woman? Well, I, I will always say, I really do think it's possible, but like communication is absolute key. And so is boundaries from my view from a queer perspective specifically is that the queer community, at least in Toronto, I still find is very, very small. And I know some people might be like, what do you mean? It's Toronto. Like there's so much queerness, but guys, I'm telling you, I feel like everybody knows each other and everyone knows like the inner works like who's dated who who's hooked up with who and I find that can actually also lead to like many people like hooking up within the community but then also like kind of still staying friends because you all like know the same people so I could see that like already knowing that many queer people can like stay friends with their exes or have a little bit of a rep to be like yeah, you know, I, I can still stay friends with this person or I'm still best friends with my ex and we hang out. <laughs> I think that already um, 
makes me believe that like approaching a friends with benefits situation with someone you're already attracted to can feel like a bit of a safe space because there's less risk of maybe losing that person in a queer situation. Cause you know, when people say like, oh, there's a risk, if you're going to be friends with benefits, like there's probably a risk, you might lose them and you'll never be friends with them again. If this doesn't go, if this doesn't go well, but yeah, actually that's a con we didn't talk about is like, if you're friends with them first and something goes awry, I think that's what a lot of people fear too, is that they'll lose a friend. That's a big one. It's a big one. Um, but I, for some reason, I feel like it's less common in queer scenarios than it is in a hetero scenario. Well, we talk about queer people staying friends with their exes a lot on this pod and not even like staying friends with their friends with benefits, but like people they had full-blown relationships with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I think it's because there already is that level of like, communication and queerness like endless and and like I said I'm coming from it from a perspective of like me and picturing myself with another woman maybe discussing like being friends with benefits I already find like the conversations can get very deep and very vulnerable without there being this stigma that the two of us are having this vulnerable conversation but it does not mean I'm saying I'm in love with you or it does not mean I'm saying I'm head over heels I really of course I like you. I like you. I think that's very normal, but, um, I think that queer people from my experience are, are, are willing to like be vulnerable and get to that point. Um, and that is so important because I said this literally in the beginning, like communication, like there needs to be communication. You guys need to talk and it can only work if both parties are like willing to talk and be honest with each other whether that means we need to take a breather and I'm like, Hey, I'm catching feelings. Can we discuss this? Like, how do you feel? Or if someone else is saying like, you know what? I think we should stop being friends with benefits and respectfully like end it. Yeah. How do you deal with jealousy in a friends with benefits situation? Mm. Okay. How do you either not get jealous or how do you deal with jealousy when it comes up? So this is interesting because I'll bring in my perspective, but we also got the amazing perspective from a queer guest who we're, we're going to keep anonymous. So I'll leave that towards the end. But for me, jealousy is real. And I had a conversation with my therapist about this today, about how I never wanted to be viewed as a jealous person because I find like, no, I'm not a jealous person. Like, why would I be that way? Especially if I'm not exclusively with someone, I have no reason to be jealous. And it's almost like wrong if I am, because I don't have that right. But lately I've been embracing having feelings of jealousy because I'm human, but I also have to know that jealousy is kind of like my own internal insecurity, right? It doesn't have to do with like the other person or even the other person who they're involved with. Right. It's, it's my own feelings. Like, am I not good enough? They, they don't want to be with me and they'd rather be with this person or what I shared with this person was so intimate. It sucks to see them in that light with someone else. Like if I saw it in my face. So honestly, I think all I would do is I'd have to acknowledge it and realize it's there. 
And if I was still intimate with that person, like, let's say we both like, we're still openly like, Hey, we're still doing this. But if I'm out with them and I see them with someone else, if I notice I'm feeling jealous, I would talk to them about it. And it wouldn't have to be I'm me being like pulling them aside and being like, Hey, I want to be with you. Cause maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's just me being like, Hey, you know, kind of sucked to see you do that. Like, maybe we need to have some boundaries. Like maybe I shouldn't be around if you're going to be flirting with someone or taking someone home. And I happen to be there. Yeah. Which I see, see, that's where things get complicated. And it's like, is this just a friends with benefits situation at that point? Or is it a little bit more if you can't even like be around if they're flirting with someone else? But I think what you said about jealousy just then is really profound, Purse. This is this is like a thing that you learned in therapy, yeah? About jealousy being your own insecurity? Honestly, no. I think I've just been listening to like a lot of Jay Shetty. I've been listening to like... Uh, love Jay Shetty. I've just been listening to different people like talk about jealousy and how there shouldn't be this like such a bad like it's not a bad word you know what I mean and it doesn't have to mean like something bad or I'm a possessive person or anything like that I think it's just such a natural human emotion and I've been also learning to like control it in a way where I know it doesn't like it doesn't make me like less of a person you know like I'm I'm learning to have that like confidence in myself and know like whatever whatever jealous feeling I'm feeling, like I said, doesn't actually have to do with like someone else's feelings towards me. You know what I mean? It's like, if I'm going to be specific too, if there's a scenario where there's like, there's a girl, I like, know I have my own separate thing with or whatever. But if I witness her doing something else, my automatic reaction is to think, oh, well, I'm not good enough. Clearly that's an yeah. automatic reaction, but I've realized like, right. no, that's, that's not it. <laughs> Literally, like, probably 99% of the time, that's not it. Yeah. Maybe it's just a balance of, like, when jealousy comes up, it's, first of all, acknowledging that it's okay. Like you said, it's human. It's a human emotion and, like, not to not to beat yourself up, but then also like sitting in it for a second and and going inside and being like, what is this jealousy actually telling me? Like, what am I actually feeling? And it's probably going to be... I'm not good enough, et cetera, et cetera. And then like really sitting with that, that feeling and whatever, meditating on it, journaling on it, talking to your friends, your therapist about it, and like working through that to get to a point where you are, are back in the headspace of like, I'm great and I am good enough. And I've never thought about like working through jealousy in that way because I get jealous all the time. And I never, I never stop to do that ever. Yeah. I just kind of brush it aside and try to pretend it's not happening. But it's all coming from a place of like, oh, I must not be good enough or pretty enough or whatever it is. Yeah. It's definitely like, I've only really done this reflection over the last like few months, you know, like not even few months. I want to say like maybe like month. <laughs> Like, I think even a couple months ago, I remember a scenario where I was feeling jealous. I was like, I'm, I'm not feeling good. I think like, what's wrong with me, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and lately I'm like, no, I like, I like acknowledging the feeling because I think it's normal to feel jealous, but I think it's also important 
like, let's say it's a friends with benefits scenario. This doesn't have to be for everyone. So I'm not saying this is like the black and white answer, but sometimes I think for me, if I notice, I start to get jealous. It makes me, and once again, my personal experience, I think it kind of goes to show that maybe I'm feeling something for that person because I'm not so much of a person who will just feel like my ego is getting bruised. Cause I know like, let's say you genuinely like, don't, you know, you don't have feelings for someone, but, but you've been intimate with them, but you're like, no, it is just physical. But then you see them with someone else and you're jealous because you're like, oh, maybe it's like my ego a little bit more. I've actually, mm-hmm. I've never had that mm-hmm. to me. I, I know if I actually don't feel something for someone and I see them with someone else, I'll be, I'll be okay. I actually will. So the big tester for me is if I do get jealous, it's normally because I'm like, oh, purse, I think you like, Uh you might've caught feels for them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which is such a great indicator. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about jealousy, and then we can talk about what our special guest um, had to say about friends with benefits is I do think sometimes jealousy might also be showing you that a boundary is being crossed. Like I think sometimes we might feel something and we label it as jealousy, but what it actually could be is like discomfort or a feeling of like the, maybe the other person is crossing a boundary that you guys set, or maybe you're crossing a boundary that you set with that person. So yeah, if, if what feels like jealousy is coming up, you know, Check in with all of that shit <laughs> because it's a it's a complicated emotion, um, and I think when it comes to friends with benefits, it's pretty it's highly likely jealousy is going to come up at some point, even if it's just an ego thing or just a boundary is being slightly crossed by someone. Yeah, that's that's so true though. So to bring it to boundaries, let's just say, like, do you think my point of being like, oh, if you start to feel jealous with your friends with benefits person is like in the room with you and you see them like hitting on another person, you can totally pull them aside and be like, Hey, we're obviously not exclusive to each other or because you probably had that conversation that you're not exclusive friends with benefits, but suck to see you in that scenario. What if we have a boundary where like, if we're together or we uh, go to something together, (laughs) Why are you laughing first? I'm not laughing. We um we don't do that to each other, or I would just rather not see that kind of thing. Yeah. So Persis is laughing because what she just described is something that quite literally happened to me yes. recently. Um, and I I yeah, was super transparent, super communicative, figured out what the boundary was, talked about it with the person, and honestly like could not have gone better like it it felt so healthy to just like communicate exactly what i was feeling um and then for the other person to be so receptive and to communicate back to me what they were feeling also um so yeah definitely a lesson learned for me that like sometimes the boundary isn't there yet and you're having a feeling because a boundary needs to be set and then once it's set you can kind of go from there and build upon it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. And I love that that happened to you. And there was like a positive experience. Like it, I'm glad there was the good outcome to, to sit and talk about it because sometimes people, I don't know. I think it's like, 
you're lucky in that scenario, or maybe not lucky. I shouldn't say that, but I wonder if sometimes other people would react and be like, oh, well, you know what you signed up for. So clearly if I'm doing this, you're getting affected. Like, what do you think? You know, some people could act like rude about it. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are rude out there, but this person was not. And also the one other thing I'll say about that situation is there were moments where I felt very reactive. Like I wanted to, I really had like a animal instinct to like react, whether it was anger or frustration or whatever I was feeling. And I think it probably, I probably had that feeling like twice. And in both of those scenarios, I like took myself away for a second and, and checked in, like checked in with my body and checked in with what the situation was and brought myself back down to earth for a second. And I was really proud of myself for not just being reactive and instead being proactive and talking and communicating and setting a boundary and also acknowledging that like, just because I'm feeling this way doesn't mean that the other person knows I'm feeling that way or, or understands or it, they're, they're separate. We're separate and they can't be inside my brain with me um, and it's not their fault. And so I need like it was definitely like a very positive uh, uh, exercise in checking in with myself. No, I think so. I would, would highly reco the next time you're feeling reactive in like a jealous kind of situation yes. just take yourself take yourself to like a quiet space for two minutes and just breathe and you know you'll be happy you did I think you'll always be happier you did that than the next day wishing you hadn't blown up at the person or said something that you regret you know what I mean well yeah I was just gonna say that when I was 23 I was in a pretty similar scenario with someone where it was like a casual hookup thing and I was brought into a place where I saw her with someone else because that communication wasn't there. We didn't set any boundaries. So it's something I witnessed with my own eyes and that I reacted because young purse was 23 and tipsy and didn't know how to just like sit with it. So of course, God bless her. God bless her. I went up to her and basically was so angry. I was like, I literally said like, that's so dumb. Why would you do that? You know? And I like remember storming out of the bar and she... <laughs> Yes. Guys, my I kind of love it. I we're talking about healthy, you know, communication, but I have to say I kind of love 23-year-old purse just just leaning into this girl. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the next morning I felt very I felt pretty regretful for how I reacted because I was like, you know what? As much as that wasn't cool, her her, you know, she didn't necessarily do anything wrong. It's just commun like boundaries weren't set, right? Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So we really wanted to bring in another queer perspective because I think it's really important to, you know, see what others are thinking in the community. So we talked to our very good friend. We're going to call them Coco. I love Coco. So Coco is queer and has had friends with benefits in the past. They would consider having friends with benefits in the future um, with more clear and much more defined boundaries. Coco also brought up a point that queer culture in general is more accepting than straight culture. The queer community knows what it's like to go against societal norms, which is why Coco believes we make space for people to explore sexual desires and hookups outside of a traditional straight monogamous relationship. So from Coco's lens, diverse and ethical sensual experiences in queer cultural culture is more widely encouraged. 
So we asked Coco just a couple questions. So I can read these out and like read them like, cause literally Coco wrote this verbatim. Um, so I asked, can sex ever really be casual? Coco said, I think it depends on the people involved. Sex has the possibility to be a very vulnerable space that can connect you with someone on a deeper level. I personally think the sex is better when there are some sort of emotions attached to it, but at the same time, it's important to consistently communicate with the other person or persons involved. Friends with benefits is definitely not an experience for everyone. Yeah, I think that's an important note. Like you and I are both speaking about friends with benefits in a pretty positive way so far in this conversation. And that's totally fine, but it it definitely isn't for everyone. And so it's all about being honest with yourself about what kind of, what makes sex good for you, what makes it enjoyable, and also what makes you feel comfortable and safe and all of those things. Yeah, no, I'm really glad that was brought up because- it's not like easy. It's not like we're out here being like, yeah, guys, fun, casual, communicate boundaries. Like, no, it's a tough road out there. It's hard. It's hard, but sometimes it can be worth it. Yeah. Um, so we also asked, does Coco really think, guys, really think it's possible to stay genuine friends with people you've slept with? Coco says, Absolutely. I am friends with a lot of people I've had sex with, whether it be exes, friends with benefits, or random hookups. I think sex can be a very fun and exploratory space, and who better to do it with than people you're comfortable with? That's amazing. And once again, not everyone can say that that confidently, but it is it is really refreshing to hear someone say that with as much confidence as Coco does. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I agree with Coco and I think Sarah and I have had conversations about this. Like I do maintain friendships. So yeah, like I do, I do agree with Coco. Like, I think it's very possible, but there definitely, there needs to also similar in that sense needs to be like boundaries involved. If you're going to like stay friends with the people you've slept with, depending on what the scenario is. Yeah, definitely. And like just friends Yes, with no, with no feels or or getting hurt or if there is feels like maybe that's like between the two people yeah maybe as long as no one's getting hurt yeah exactly no one's getting hurt no one's getting hurt hurt by christina uh-huh. plays softly in the background <laughs> can you please add it of in? course i will the magic of post prod anything to add christina aguilera into this mix i will do it Um, sorry, speaking of Christina Aguilera, can I just say really quickly, I received two phone calls today from numbers that I don't have saved in my phone based in Vancouver. And both of them, when I picked up, it was just beautiful by Christina Aguilera playing. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> like almost like a staticky radio. It was like, I am beautiful. I wonder if you like what kind of creepy, eh? Kind of creepy. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone knows what that is, let me know. If it's you, 
you know, say hi next time I pick up. I love beautiful, but maybe they're trying to tell me something. I think they are. That's probably what it is. Is it a secret admirer, do you think? Yeah. Me. <laughs> are you in Vancouver right now? Yeah, my new apartment. Turn around. Chris Turn around. Don't even make that <laughs> joke. Okay. I live alone. Me too. We shouldn't announce that on the pod. Okay, no, I live with lots of scary big people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we also asked Coco, and Sarah asked this to moi. So, oh, I did, didn't I? You did. I didn't even see this question before I asked you that. No, it was very in the moment. So we asked, how do you get rid of jealousy if you see a person you've been intimate with, you know, they're with another person? How do you deal with the jealousy? Um, Coco says jealousy in these situations is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Coco said it mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge these emotions and talk them through with your sexual partner or partners and therapist. I cannot stress enough how important it is to have clear and open communication. Also know when it's time to respectfully end things before the lines get too blurred. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And if, if jealousy is coming up for you time and time again, and it's really affecting you, like, yeah, maybe this is someone that, that you can't really be close friends with. Um, and that's okay. You know, people come in and out of your life. That's the beauty of, of being human. Agreed. And I think it may suck a lot and it's okay to even say like, this is, this is really sad, but you know, we got to say like, that can be a risk. If you are diving into friends with benefits with someone, you know, I don't want to say everything once again is not so black and white, but I think it's a great point to, to bring up. Like if you find yourself getting jealous a lot, that's also not healthy for you to probably be having this person in your orbit all the time. Like that's almost toxic. Yeah. It's not fun. And like Persa said earlier, queer communities typically are quite close knit, especially in like city hubs. So, you know, be prepared to probably see that person around a lot or, you know, you might be running in the same circles or going to the same queer events or queer bars and like that's going to be a reality. Um, And if you're cool with that, then cool. And if you're not, be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Be honest. What's that? Oh, have you not? Have you not heard of the song Honest? By who? What? Wait, you have to sing more of it. Okay, it's like, be honest, because you see your friend at the bar. (laughs) Are you making this up on the spot? That you've slept with. (laughs) Person. I fully believed that was a real song. Then, <laughs> I fully believed that was a real song. You had me going for like at least 15 seconds. And then and then at one point, it's Ariana Grande. She looks at the crowd and she's like, everyone, say it. And everyone's Be like, honest. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Look it up. Gorgeous, honey. Gorgeous. <laughs> So spicy. What, what was the voice? Spicy. <laughs> it's like an old. It's like an old, like <clears throat> an old black and white movie man. Spicy. And like gangster movie man. You know what I mean? Spicy. Oh, spicy. <laughs> 
Okay, now that we've talked about the queer perspective on Friends with Benefits, we wanted to talk about the straight perspective. Because guys, this is the Girl on Girl podcast. You got the gay perspective, you have the straight perspective, and everything in between. So we actually thought it'd be really interesting to... because <laughs> I just got really excited to talk about the straight perspective. Did you feel yeah, that? Yeah, Sarah was like, my time to shine. My time. <laughs> I just spit everywhere. It's finally my time. I've been waiting all episode to finally talk about being straight um, because I genuinely think it is like such a different outlook on relationships and sex because heterosexuality is so focused on monogamy. I think a lot of times I find with straight friends or straight people, friends with benefits can get looked down on because the stereotype of a straight person or a straight straight trajectory is that you find one person, you commit your life to them, you settle down by law, you put the ring on the finger. And that that still today feels like underlying in culture, the pinnacle of like success. Like, oh, if you did that, you were, you did good, good job. And if you don't have, you know, one person that you're committed to, or you're not in pursuit of that, there's like something a little wrong. And that like even in 2022 feels like the heterosexual, the stereotype of being heterosexual. I also feel like straight people might judge judge people for doing friends with benefits because they feel like it signals some sort of flaw. So like I hear a lot like, oh, he just can't commit. So he only does friends with benefits or whatever. Or she's just scared of getting vulnerable or getting hurt. So she's, you know, she's putting a wall up. Or he just wants to hook up with a bunch of different girls at once. And so that's why he wants to do friends with benefits with you or whatever. And so there's all these, I feel like, and I think this ha- probably happens in um, the queer community as well. But just from my perspective, like I, I hear that a lot, like, Casual sex equals there's something wrong. There's some sort of flaw going on with the person. But I think even if those are the reasons, like all those re- all those assumptions I just said, that someone's doing friends with benefits, it feels very heteronormative and old school to claim that those are bad things. Like if I said, oh, he just wants to do friends with benefits because he can't commit. Why is that a bad thing? Like once again, going back to the heteronormativity of my my purpose in life is to commit to one person, monogamy for life. Like we've labeled that as good for some reason. And so if we're assuming someone can't commit, it's like automatically bad or some sort of flaw, some sort of character flaw. And so I just kind of, I've been thinking about it and I just think we need to flip these assumptions on their head a little bit. And like, are these really bad things or are they are they just an acknowledgement that every human being is different and that whether you're straight or queer, you can want different things in life and that's okay. And, you know, there's not one way that's the best way. But at the same time, well, all of that said, no, sorry, there was something I wanted to say too, is that like, I find I've even heard this from others where they'll say like, well, don't you want more for yourself? Mm, like if mm-hmm. you're if you're also agreeing to do a friends with benefits with someone and you are genuinely like yeah I'm good like I want to because that sounds fun 
I've heard a lot of people will say like, well, wouldn't you want more? Like, why wouldn't you? Or you deserve more. You deserve more. That's a, that's a big one too. And I know it's com- that's coming from a good place. Like no one's saying that because they're being like, they're trying to be like rude. They want the best for you. But sometimes it's like, what is the best for us? And it's kind of what you brought up. Like society tells you, find one person, commit, settle down. But what if you're like, I want to live my best non-monogamous life? Or even if you don't, like, what if you do want monogamy down the road, but you're, you're down to have fun with someone who you're sexually compatible with. I just think there's also a lot of pressure in that sense where someone could be telling you like, Sarah, like why? Yeah. Yeah. And if I've expressed that this, this person that I'm, that I have this relationship with is like crossing boundaries or like not treating me well or something like that. And that's a different story. Or if I really do want a relationship with this person and I'm just like pretending I don't or whatever, that's like, obviously that's a different thing. But if someone's feeling really genuinely like comfortable and happy and safe in a friends with benefits situation, that's all that matters. By all means. But it just definitely, it definitely feels like a very heteronormative thing to immediately be like what you just said to be like well don't you want more and more equals monogamy yes committed relationship Um, yeah yeah at the same time as all of this like I'm I'm clearly very pro friends with benefits if that's what you want and if that is going to be a healthy thing for you I rarely see hetero FWB situations end up in a very satisfying, pretty little bow on the end, um, where both parties come out like completely unscathed. And that's just my perception from like people in my life. But I have experienced a good FWB situation that did end in a very healthy, satisfying, pretty little bow on the end way. And so, It's definitely possible. Mm -hmm. But if you're willing to get a little personal. No purse. I'm just saying. Well, maybe. What's your question? No, I'm just saying like, I don't have to keep this in, but I'm just saying like, yes, things ended on a positive note. No one ended. It didn't end in a fight. It didn't end in anything like, you know, it didn't end badly, but you're not feeling chill like. Okay, bye. See ya. That was, that's what we did. We were friends with benefits. We love and care about each other as friends. But you've, you've, I've got to be honest, you've been feeling something. So does it really work? Yeah, but see, this kind of goes back to like, it's, it's definitely complex. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying at the top about how like friends with benefits doesn't have to mean like, we're devoid of feelings for each other. Like, I think that there's different varying levels. And I do think that because of certain circumstances in my situation that I'm talking about, it, even though there were a lot of warm, loving feelings, um, that totally could have developed into even more and more. The circumstances of the situation meant that Uh, Things had to end and they ended with just like, this is like a really great, like friend, like person that I 
hope to like have a friendship with moving forward. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I get it. Yes. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is friends with benefits can still have like love. Yeah. And like warm, loving feelings there. But you are right to question me because because it's – I don't think I'm capable of doing the classic stereotypical friends with benefits situation where it's like bing, bang, boom. Yep, we care about each other, um, but that's it. No big deal kind of kind of energy. I, I'm much more romantic. <laughs> and my question is too, you do have so much love for each other as friends. But so when this, let's say this person comes back around, what, are you friends or are you dating? That's my question. I don't know. It's up to, uh, it's up to um, time. It's up to God. It's up to God. God bless. <laughs> Only he can tell us. Or she. God is a woman. And so that Ariana's really taken over this podcast. No, that's not Ariana. That's an original by P. Oh. The okay. first song, Be Honest, was Ariana Grande. Um, yeah, I know. Be honest. <laughs> but God is a woman is, a, is me. <laughs> like you are God. Yes. <laughs> Kind of similar to our story with Coco. We obviously got Sarah's perspective on what she thinks about friends with benefits and if it can really work from a straight perspective, but we wanted to talk to another friend, someone who identifies as heterosexual, and they are going to go by the code name, and this is going to make me laugh. I literally can't even say it without laughing. Oh, latte. <laughs> And this was their choice of code name, not ours. We just want to reiterate. Yeah, we want to reiterate. Reiterate that. Reiterate. Oat latte. But oat latte. We love we you. We love oat latte. Um, so basically, oat says that they really do think that friends with benefits can work. So similar to what we've all said is if you really have an open line of communication. So that is the common theme, guys. Communication. That really seems to be the thread. Yeah. Oat also thinks that there is a bit of a stigma in society where people believe that men and women cannot just be friends. That's very true. Yeah, that's a good point. And they've noticed this with their friends who are in hetero relationships. So, I mean, I've heard that many times, um, even before coming out as gay, like people would even say like, oh, guys and girls can't be friends because the guy always wants to sleep with the girl. Like if a guy, if yes. a guy is friends with you, just friends, it's because he wants to sleep with you. Yeah, totally. Which is obviously... Not true. Oh my God. No. Jesus. It's obvious. And that, you know, that's just a fact. So we're just going to state that matter of fact on this podcast. It's not true. Um, so Oat said that they personally don't know a lot of friends with benefit situations that have worked out without one person catching feelings. They go on to say that it does depend if you're comfortable with the person sexually and you both know what each other's clear intentions are. It can work. But once again, communication and boundaries are important because I mean they also described a situation where they feel like it could be a thing where someone could be, could be settling like you like the person so much because because there's an attraction but you know they're not ready so you're like it's okay we'll settle for friends with benefits but the issue is is you might already have feelings that's interesting and that can get I've done that before <laughs> yeah me too 
absolutely. Just because you like someone. And even if it's not like crazy feelings, you like them and you're like, I don't want to stop this. So I'm just, yeah. I'd rather keep hanging with you. Yeah. Yep. I'll be a martyr. Oh, a martyr. That's the word for it. Yep. Um, Oat also thinks that there's a lot of gray area that friends with benefits can really leave. You're already getting into something with someone where you're clearly attracted to them, like whether it's physically, mentally, or emotionally. So I think when you're already, or this is what Oat said, like when you're already getting into something with someone where there's clearly an attraction, you're already kind of like, you're crossing that line of like platonic friendship. I think that's a really interesting point. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what makes friends with benefits such an, such a like complex topic to discuss because if you're getting intimate, there's something there. Yeah. And sure, it, it might just be physical attraction, but there's something more there than just friends. Yes. So it's not, it's not really friends. Oh, oh, oh. If we, okay, I wanted to ask you this. If you could rebrand, I think Friends with Benefits needs a rebrand. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is yet, but if you could rebrand it, do you know what you would call it instead? Uh. I think the Friends trips people up and I think the benefits can feel really dismissive yeah. of of how like intimate and emotional sex can be. So I think the whole thing should be kind of tossed out the window or we should at least have like another option for what it could be called casual feels also a little bit dismissive same with fuck buddy oh that's like the most dismissive in my opinion especially like the word buddy like no yeah we should come up with another word for it yeah i think we should i don't know what it is yet we probably should have thought of something before this recording but if we think of it we can like update everyone we can splice it in too oh yeah for sure because don't you agree it just i think all the misconceptions I think are coming from what it's called and now it has the stigma around it. I think it needs a little, uh, a little zhuzh. We got to put our copywriting skills to Mm -hmm. work here. Mm -hmm. We'll think of something. Yeah, we do. We always will. Oat also thinks that sometimes hetero uh, friends with benefits dynamics can be a little bit more difficult to deal with maybe than a queer perspective because Oat believes that men can already really struggle with communication. That's kind of like a, sometimes men, toxic masculinity are taught not to communicate your feelings. And then there's also a stigma with women falling too hard and women catching feels like they're the ones, like there's so much toxicity sometimes between like a man and a woman, like dynamic um, in a hetero relationship. Um, so that can get really complicated, right? Like Oat even said, like, they'd feel a little nervous to approach a man if they were like friends in a friends with benefits situation, even if it was just to communicate their emotions, because they'll think that man will probably shut me down and say, oh, they're falling too hard. Whereas, oh my God, this is a great point. Whereas we've kind of discussed like, oh my God, it doesn't even have to do with that sometimes. Like it's about respect. It's about love. It's about treating someone with care and being like, Hey, I'd love to check in with you because this is what I'm feeling. Like, I don't know, Sarah. I mean, like I said, we don't, we don't really have to keep this in if you don't want to, but maybe we can. 
Um, I feel like you were also in a scenario like years ago with someone where I don't know if you would have felt very comfortable to maybe communicate emotions. I could be wrong, but like there's like a particular person I'm thinking that I feel like might have had that male stereotype of like, don't we don't communicate or we don't talk. We just hook up. Yeah, totally. So I think this is an amazing point that Oat made because gender roles come into every hetero relationship, obviously, or gender stereotypes. But when it comes to friends with benefits, it's like there's a lot of fear of on both sides of being vulnerable for the exact reasons you just explained. And I have definitely been in a situation before multiple times where I completely held back from expressing myself, communicating, saying what I was feeling, being emotional, because I wanted to be, quote unquote, the cool girl, i.e., the non-stereotypical straight girl, the girl who didn't, you know, who wasn't trying to lock the man down or who wasn't overly emotional or falling too hard right away. Like I was very aware of the fact that I didn't want to be that girl. And I was young, you know, I was in my early 20s. And obviously now I look back and that's not the person I want to be. I want to be true to myself. I want to communicate and I I want what I want and I what I deserve, but it it 100% was the gender roles that were making me do that. It was like, oh, guys don't like girls who are too emotional. Mm-hmm. Guys like the girls who are like cool and chill and aren't going to make this a big thing. And so I found myself in some situations where I got really hurt. Yeah. And just completely ignored what I wanted. And that wasn't cool. And I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. Lessons learned though. Right. And once again, I, I, I don't have to keep this in if you don't want to, but this is a funny memory I have with you and this particular person years and years ago, but I think they were on their way to come see you or something. And the song, Oh, what was it called? It was like with Katy Perry. Don't be afraid to catch feels. And you told me that song was playing in their Uber when they were coming to see you. And they texted you saying like, just the song, like, don't be afraid to catch feels. But then they quickly like took it back and they're like, oh my God, like, I'm just kidding. Or I don't know, like something like that, where they like freaked out and you're like, oh my God, it's okay. Like, I know you're just saying the song, like, like basically he was insinuating, like, don't like this isn't feelings like, oh my God, I just remember that. And I thought it was so funny because I was like, dude, chill. Yeah. And once again, to reiterate, we were very young. Um, Another thing that I, that happened with that person was that one time they messaged me and asked me, did you tell anyone about us? And I said, I told him that I had told one person Um, but no one else or something, whatever. I answered the question. And then I remember distinctly, he said, he was kind of like, well, let's not tell anyone else. And then he said, "For this is the quote, deny till we die. And I remember just being like, cool, no problem. But like on the surface, but inside, I was like, imagine the person you like who you're hanging with 
saying deny till we die for no reason except like there's there was no there was no like cheating or anything like that going on it was just like let's make sure no one knows about this and let's deny it like that hurt a lot and I completely steamrolled over it and pretended like it didn't hurt um and I was young and impressionable um and he was young and stupid and I'm sure now as an adult man he's I'm I'm sure like learned a bunch of lessons just like I have um but yeah man that was uh that wasn't very cute no no it's silly and like you said even (laughs) deny till we die yeah, that's fucked. That's so weird. Imagine the person that you liked said that to you. Because that's the other thing, right? Like, if someone's telling you, like, to deny that something happened between you, red flag. I'd be like, listen. Are you kidding me? I want you to want to, like, scream it from the mountaintops. Yeah. Like, deny. Deny. You should want to, like, the world to know, like, alert the media, right? Like, now that's how I feel. Yes. But at the time, I was like, yeah, totally deny. I know. Till we die. Anyway, I, it's all good. I have healed that young, that young girl just trying to be chill all the time. Yeah. I don't care about that anymore. No. I like I mean, I had a conversation with someone recently where I said, I like people who can just be honest and vulnerable and like hard on your sleeve. I actually think it's really cute. And uh, I think it's very sexy. It's a quality I am looking for. And it's like top of my list. Yeah. And it's a huge. If that's you and you're out there and you secretly have a crush on me, hit me Now's up. Now's the time to tell Sarah. Mm-hmm. Perfect timing. Yeah, because like, yeah, cool. I get that cool girl mentality, but it gets old. That shit gets old. Oh, yeah. I just I was just young and stupid. But um, back to our special guest, Oat Latte. Um, would Oat do friends with benefits? Oat is a straight human. Um, Oat said it would really have to be with the right person, but they don't think they can be casual because they're very, very self-aware and they know themselves, they will catch feelings. Um, and they know that they would be crossing some lines and it would get extremely messy. And I found that very amazing because I thought, Hey, good for you. Like you already know, you're like, I can't do friends with benefits. Like, I think about if you're already going to get intimate with someone in that way, you know, you most likely already have feelings for them. Um, which I think is pretty cool to, to, to be that aware. Yep. Just like how Coco answered with so much confidence, I love that Oat is doing the same. They confidently know they catch feels and they probably really love having like a a really loving, emotional, um, more committed relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so to bring it back to would you be able to be friends with someone you've slept with, I asked, you know, Oat Latte. They said, <laughs> I could really go for an oat latte right now. I have to say. Me too. Uh, um, oh. I just hit my uh, spit screen. Oat said, I think I could be in the same room with them, but I would struggle if I saw them hooking up with someone else or flirting with someone else. Not because I may necessarily have feelings for them or I want to date them, but there's a certain level of intimacy that has happened and you have crossed that line. I would be fearful of that level of awkwardness if I were to encounter a scenario when you know they're with someone else. I don't know of many people who stay friends with their exes, especially in heterosexual relationships. 
Yeah, I would say like that's like hetero. I don't know many hetero people who can stay friends with their exes, but almost every queer person I know is friends with their exes. And Oat and I talked about that a little a little bit more, like in our discussion, but as to the why, and it kind of came down to. I don't want to just say it all came down to communication or like, I'm not saying like emotional maturity or whatever that is, because I actually fully understand it's very normal to not be hanging around the person you've been doing the hokey pokey with, you know, like <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Ali Patel. I heard them say that in one of their um, TikToks and I found it so funny. Um, okay. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to adopt that, but I think it's very normal. If anything, People think it's odd if I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to hang out with this person who I don't have a sexual relationship with now, but I used to, but we are um, friends. Some people are like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. So it's interesting. Everyone's so different, but um, I get it. Oh, look out for your heart. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And just be honest with yourself. So I wanted to bring up too that Oat brought a really brought up a really good point um, that I don't think we really talked about. Like we brought up communication a lot, but people's communication styles are also very, very different. And Oat was mentioning that it might be important to kind of like talk about what your communication style is with the person you'd be like potentially entering a friends with benefits situation with, because like I may communicate in a certain way compared to the person I'm doing the deed with and I might get affected or angry if they're not communicating like how I would because I'm because I would say something like well I would do this so I kind of expect them to do this to me whereas like the fact of the matter is is that like there are some people who are over communicators and like talk 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 like a lot I'm kind of like that whereas there's also people that are straight up not good communicators and That doesn't mean they're malicious or bad people. They just might be a little bit more uncomfortable with discussing their feelings. And that could be for a number of factors, like maybe past experiences and relationships, or maybe they were actually like raised by a family who maybe told them, Hey, keep your feelings to yourself. Like, you know, that could so be a factor because I think I used to have that mentality that if someone was a bad communicator, like no bueno. Not that I'm saying I thought they were bad, but I was like, no, you know, but now I've, I've been getting to really understand that people's communication styles are different. So maybe it's good to like acknowledge that first before like jumping to conclusions, you know? Yeah, that's lovely. I think that's a really like empathetic way to look at things. And also um, communication is a muscle. It's like, it's something that you work at that you get better at. And that takes like a lot of practice. So just because someone's not a good communicator when you first meet them doesn't mean they can't become one. And you can you can like help people become better communicators. I feel like if you openly communicate with someone and they're like, whoa, it can also teach them what open communication could do and the the upsides of it if they're scared of it. Yeah, I agree. And uh yeah, it's just something you got to like navigate the lines of and Oat also said, don't fault yourself if you catch feelings. Like it's also okay to like to be like I caught feelings, don't feel embarrassed. 
very normal that you did. So that's also like, okay. So that's, that's Oat's perspective. I thought they brought a lot of good um, points into this friends with benefits conversation. They did. Thank you Oat so much. And thank you Coco so much. Also just wanted to say, I feel like people are afraid sometimes to admit their feelings because they don't want to be rejected. And that is absolutely so fair. But at the end of the day, like everyone loves to hear that someone has feelings for them. And like, you know, the worst thing that happens is you get rejected and you can you can move forward in life knowing that like you expressed your love and you like that's all we're here to do is like love each other, right? Yeah, I think that's true. I think like many people are afraid, of course, because you don't want to get re- rejected by the person you definitely have a crush on. But I mean, I I'm a believer in putting yourself out there to like tell the person that thing. You know that quote? It's like tell them that thing or like do that, write that book or I don't know. Send them. <laughs> oh yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I didn't expect this friends with benefits uh, topic to get so existential by the end, but I think we're in our, I think we're feeling our feels. Just like everyone love each other and understand each other. Yeah, exactly. It's cute. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about friends with benefits, Percy P? Um, no, other than that, I'm absolutely going to watch the movie before I go to bed tonight. Oh, me too. And everyone else should as well, if you haven't seen it. It's just so cute. Yes, it is. It's really cute. And I love Mila Kunis a lot. So I, I love Justin Timberlake. And especially like Mila is so like spicy. And, uh... She's spicy. <laughs> She's like a classic New Yorker. Yes, she is. Do you have a crush on her? On Mila? Oh, for sure. Mila's my type. Big eyes. All right, Purse, are you ready for In Case You Missed It? Yes, I am. And I want to say that this is absolutely in your wheelhouse. So I want to let you uh, take this one away, sir. Oh, this is absolutely in my wheelhouse because, guys, this In Case You Missed It is about a little movie that we like to call Call Me By Your Name, which all of our, you know, OG listeners will know is my favorite movie in the world. I'm absolutely obsessed. Have been since 2017 when person I first saw it. Or was it 2018? It might have been 2018. And here's the thing. Call Me By Your Name stars two people, Timothy Chalamet and a man named Army Hammer. As you most likely know, Army Hammer is no longer in the picture, okay? He... There are a lot of allegations against him, and he's he's out of here. So that just leaves Timmy. That's fine with me, personally. However, the problem is, before all of this ARMY stuff came to light, it was widespread knowledge that there was going to be a sequel made about the movie. And in fact, the author of the book, Andre Asman, even wrote a sequel and released it after the movie came out. Um, and the the sequel, the novel um, that he wrote, had both Timmy and Army in it. Their characters' names are Elio and Oliver. And for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, it's like a beautiful film. It's very part of the queer zeitgeist. Some people love it. Some people hate it. And everyone was really... <laughs> everyone. 
maybe not everyone, but a lot of people were excited for this sequel. And then with the army stuff, it was like, well, maybe it's never going to happen then. And maybe all we'll have is this novel sequel. However, the director of Call Me By Your Name, the one and only Luca Guadagnino, Guadagnino, he said there might still be a sequel. Just not with Army Hammer in it. So he was at the Telluride Film Festival promoting a new film, which actually has Timothy Chalamet in it. And he said this, a sequel is an American concept. It's more like the chronicles of Elio, the chronicles of this young boy becoming a man. It is something I want to do. So that is literally the only quote that we're hanging on to. (laughs) About the sequel. However, it's really exciting because I absolutely love the idea that the sequel to this beautiful movie could be just about Elio and it and that this amazing romance he had with Oliver when he was 17 could just exist there when he was 17. And it doesn't have to exist. It doesn't have to be this like perfect cutty, cutty, cutty. Get cutty. Day and night. The lonely stoner sent to free his mind. I don't um, But it doesn't have to like be cookie cutter romance, right? Where like they end up together in the end. It can just be reality, which is like a lot of teenage romances end. And that's that. So if this sequel was just about Elio continuing to discover himself and his sexuality, I mean, that would make me happy as a little clam well that's what I was going to bring up I thought like this is actually a really good opportunity for it to kind of be a realistic portrayal of like let's just follow Elio's story and you know what it doesn't have to have Oliver in it Oliver's in his past a first love like many would say or one of his first loves and we can let that go but my question is who would you want to co-star with Timmy in the sequel So I think that Timmy should have people of multiple genders in his life. So in the, in the original call me by your name, he had, there's a girl that he's um, experiencing something with and a guy. And it just felt like, I don't know, the fluidity of it all, the Italian-ness of it all, it felt really, um, real it felt like real life and so I think that it'd be cool to have multiple genders and I would want oh man this is tough it would have to be someone it doesn't have to be someone his age because how old is Timmy well oh yeah because let's assume Timmy or Elio's character would be what like early 20s maybe like mid 20s I would say by the time mid to late 20s maybe what if it okay. was like this is actually a really hard question. What if it was like Lucas Hedges? Lucas Hedges? That would be interesting. That'd be very interesting. I would I would go running to the theater. Um I'm also wondering if like Austin Butler or something would be kind of interesting or like Kid Cuddy. <laughs> because Timmy and Kid Cuddy are really close in real life and I don't know like there could be like a thing with them Pete Davidson Pete Davidson maybe it's like 
Um, who else is like a really good up and comer right now? I could see the girl being like someone quirky, like Zoe Dutch, mm. or um, or even like Maya Hawk. Do you know Maya Hawk? Is she the one who was no? She's in Stranger Things. Know. It's Ethan Hawk's daughter. Anyway, she's great, and I think that would be kind of interesting. I'm just spitballing. You really threw me a, a loop with this question. I wasn't prepared. Yeah, who would we want to see Timmy with? Yeah, because we'd want to have like multiple multiple genders. That's true. Or a non, non-binary mm-hmm. human. Just yeah, totally. Call me by your name. Maybe um, Demi, Lovato. Demi Lovato. Question. Maybe Demi? No. <laughs> I, I think it would be cool if it was like, a a new one of the love interests was like a totally new actor that maybe like no one really knew yet because that's how Timmy that's what happened with Timmy and coming by your name Timmy he was basically unknown and then he just everyone was he got nominated for an Oscar and everyone was like who is this so true yeah I agree Anyway, thank you for letting me talk about coming by your name on this in case you missed it. It was such a joy for me. I feel so full of life. I know. And honestly, like, I hope to see it because I think it's like, I mean, it's so unfortunate sometimes when I feel like the movie isn't tainted per se, but maybe a little. Like, maybe a little. Yeah. So it's almost like the movie itself will always have the magic for me, but the prospect of a life after the movie is definitely tainted. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like unfortunate. But Elio, he can live on forever. Elio is a very complex character. Yes. And Elio's complex. Timmy's adorable. And I do find like, I think Oliver's story ends, you know, because I mean, spoiler alert, guys, but we basically find out at the end of Call Me By Your Name that like Oliver is like settled down. He's going to yeah, get yeah. married. He's going to yeah. get married. So I think that's a very good way to be like, okay, bye, Oliver. See ya. You're gone. For sure. And in the novel sequel, you do get a glimpse into Oliver's life as an adult. This is the last thing I'll say is that also in the novel sequel, Michael Stuhlbarg, who plays um, Elio's father in the film, has actually like quite a big role. And so I would love to see a sequel that follows Elio and his dad Mm. and um, does it in like a similar vein that the novel does. But um, obviously in a way that like completely excludes Oliver from the story. Yeah. And Oliver, the memory of Oliver can still be there. Like maybe like the name gets brought up. Yeah, totally. Or maybe there's something he kept. Like I could imagine, I mean, I'm so nostalgic, but there's this part in the movie where Elio writes a little note to Oliver and like leaves it under his door and then Oliver writes a note back and puts it under his door and sends it back so I could see I don't know he's like has a little box of things from past lovers and he still has that little note you know that's cute actually yeah yeah like something to like bring it back to like a memory because I think that would be very normal yeah and I think the fans would eat that up like I think having without the army factor just having like a reference back to the characters and not the actors who are playing yeah. them. I would, I would faint. Yeah, I agree. Well, hopefully we see it because we only really have that one quote. So we need more. <laughs> we need more. Um, but Luca, if you're listening, 
Do us a solid and just make it happen. Okay, make it happen for the people. For the people. The people want to see it. I would love to see it. Mm, Me too. Okay, ask my love. Okay, Persis, it's time for you to go to bed. I love you so much. Thank you for having this uh, fun little convo with me. And guys, whatever you want to hear us talk about next, shoot us an email, girlxgirlpodcast at gmail.com, or uh, just slide into our DMs at girlxgirlpodcast. Yes, who's it going to be? Who's going to answer, me or Sarah? You never know. Oh, you never really know. But it's It's usually usually Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, love you.